Well, good morning, and thank you for the privilege of uh, being your interim pastor. I'm excited, and uh, as I begin this message, I'm reminded of a story of a grandmother and her four-year-old granddaughter. They were out for a nice walk, and they were enjoying the beauty of the day, and as they were walking along the path, they were giggling and talking back and forth, just as uh, grandmothers and granddaughters like to do. And uh, partway along the path, the little girl saw a piece of candy that was on the side of the path, and she let go of her grandmother's hand. She ran over to it, picked it up, and uh, was preparing to eat it when grandmother said, no, 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 honey, you, you can't do that. That's, that's been there too long. We don't know how long it's been there. We don't know where it's been. That, that's just not for you to eat. And the little girl looked up her, at her grandmother and said, Grandma, you are so smart. How did you ever figure out that? And the grandmother was feeling kind of smug, and she said, Oh, it's, it's on the grandmother test, she said. And they walked along a little bit, and, and the little girl stopped, and she looked at Grandma, and she says, Oh, she says, I get it. If you don't pass the grandmother test, that means you have to be the grandpa, right? <laughs> Well, I, I tell that story for a reason because my grandmother had a very significant part in my life. My grandmother's favorite verse, uh, life verse, was Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And my parents were very significant in my life as well. We grew up in a Lutheran church. My parents... Um, were very faithful. I could probably count the number of times we missed church my growing up years on one hand. We were dairy farmers, and so we were there morning and night. But church was always important, and we were there. In fact, our church had a program that if you had perfect attendance in Sunday school, you got a Bible. So by the time I was halfway through second grade, I had earned my Bible. And then for three years perfect attendance, you got a hymn book. And so by the time I was in fifth grade, I got a hymn book. And when we went through confirmation, they gave us a prayer book. But it was in confirmation that God really touched my heart. I was 14 years of age. I was in second year confirmation. And I really sensed that God had placed a call on my life to go into ministry. And so I went in, I talked to the pastor, and the pastor said, you know, if you're really serious about going into ministry, I want you to go to high school at a school in the cities called Concordia Academy in Roseville. And they have places where you can, you know, move and stay with, uh, I think they even had a dorm at that time. And you could stay right there and go to high school and, you know, get the whole process started even when you're in high school. Well, coming from a large family, I have, uh, I was number seven and eight children born to our family. Uh, none of them had ever left home, um, never had gone to college. Uh, being on the dairy farm, we hadn't strayed very far from home. In fact, when I graduated from high school, I had just barely gone into uh, southern Iowa and into western Wisconsin. But other than that, my life centered around Mountain Lake, Minnesota, and uh, Louisville, Truman, and a little place called South Branch. 
But that was kind of the extent of uh, my childhood. And to think of going to Concordia Academy was just out of the question. And so I put that on a back burner and kind of, in a sense, forgot about it. Graduated from high school, went to uh, school at Mankato State where I met Nancy. Nancy and I met in our very first class. And uh, uh, as people who know us say, we've been going strong ever since. Uh, Just last month, actually now it's February, so it was the end of December. We were married on December 27th. We celebrated our 49th wedding anniversary. So coming up this year will be our golden wedding anniversary. And God has blessed us in uh, many, many ways. One of those ways was um, uh, as I graduated from college, I worked as a printer at Carlson Craft, printing wedding invitations. Um, I found a job at a printing company in Waseca, Minnesota, Brown Printing. And it was there that we became involved in an international or interdenominational uh, Bible study. And on Sunday evenings, we would meet. And one night, the teaching was based on 1 Corinthians 13. And 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. Love bears all things, hopes all things. You know, love never fails. The greatest of these is love. Well, the teaching was to replace that word love, which is the agape love, which is the kind of love that God gives to us freely with Christ in me. And for whatever reason, it touched actually both of us in a powerful way, and it brought us back into the reality. Christ in me is not boastful. Christ in me bears all things. The greatest of these is Christ in me. And if you ever have a chance to read through 1 Corinthians and put Christ in me in place of love, It's amazing what that does. But that brought me back to the fact that God had placed a call on my life. I had worked in this printing firm for five years. Things were going great. I received promotions, and uh, I was actually doing special reports for the vice president. And, you know, I I had people that um, uh, responded to me, uh, reported to me. But there was something missing in my life. And so I went into the pastor and It came out that uh, God had placed that call on my life when I was 14, and he said, you'll never be happy unless you pursue that and see where God might take that. So we took our young family. Our daughter was nine months old the day we entered California. We moved all the way across country to uh, California, Pasadena. I studied three years at Fuller Seminary. Had a a great experience, uh, worked uh, with two churches while I was at seminary. One was a a church plant where Nancy and I were in charge of children's programming and uh, worked with outreach. The other church was the the mother church that planted this church, and I was part of a three-team visitation ministry. Uh, It was a 3,300-member church. We had 125 shut-ins, which our goal was to visit every shut-in at least once a month uh, while I was there. So I really learned the importance of pastoral care. And God brought us uh, into ministry. Uh, It's a story I can tell you another time how we ended up at North Park, but you know, through the, the Covenant connections, first at Vista Covenant at New Richland, and then Pasadena Covenant in Pasadena, 
brought us into the covenant. And the first covenant church that we belonged to was the first, first church that called me as their pastor, which was Lake Norden in South Dakota, just south of Watertown. From there, we pastored at Fridley. We went to Thief River Falls. And as we tell people, we got tired of thief in our, in our name of our city. And we went to River Falls, Wisconsin. So we just took thief out of there. Of course, the people in Thief River don't like that. But uh, we had a great ministry at River Falls. And from there, we finished uh, full-time ministry at Harris, where I retired a few years ago. And since that time, I've done interim work uh, in Fargo, uh, Stockholm, uh, Wisconsin, just on Lake on the Wisconsin side of Lake Pepin. Vista, uh, just a, a note, the Vista Church that we had begun to participate in as I was working at Brown Printing, to the month, 40 years after we left to go to seminary, I came back as their interim pastor at Vista Covenant. So God brought that together. And uh, then from the Vista Church, this last summer I served uh, at Carmel Covenant between Cambridge and um, uh, Princeton. But just to give you uh, how God has been faithful in our life, I have a picture there of our family. And uh, some of our grandchildren are with us this morning. In fact, Carl, the, the one that asked prayer for Torah, uh, Carl is uh, kind of sitting on my lap with the uh, Vikings uh, shirt on, and Torah is uh, being held by his mom, Emmy, who is married to our son, Jonathan, and they're on the left side of that picture. So it's uh, Jonathan, Emmy, Torah, Carl, and Brianna is uh, sitting in the, uh, in the front next to the girl in the red. Brianna has the long hair. So they belong to Jonathan. Our daughter Betsy is uh, just off of my shoulder, married to Dave, and their son Justin is between Betsy and uh, Dave. And they have a daughter, Abby, who happens to be four years old, who happens to love, as all our grandchildren do, love their grandma, and uh, they do a lot of those walks and a lot of those giggles and things together. Uh, as my opening story talked about. And then our oldest son, Jeff, is uh, on the right side of that picture, married to Shelly. And uh, our two granddaughters, Alyssa and Caitlin, are here with us this morning. And uh, Micah is the oldest, and uh, he's there between uh, Jeffrey and Shelly. Uh, Micah and Alyssa are students over here at Northwestern College. And just a, another th uh, thing to bring uh, a full circle. My pastor, when I was 14, wanted me to go to Concordia Academy. All three of our children, Jeffrey, Betsy, Jonathan, even in the midst of moving around, graduated high school from Concordia Academy. God is faithful, and he works in amazing ways. Well, that's my family. That's who I am. And I'm glad to be here as your interim pastor. This morning I want to talk just briefly about Hebrews chapter 10. Um, it's a great passage of Scripture, and it reminds us of how faithful God is. God, in the person of Jesus, became the once and for all sacrifice for us. And the beginning of verse 19, it says, therefore. In other words, you look back at 
what was there what was before that therefore and we see that in in chapter 10 verse 12 where it says but when this priest when this jesus had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins he sat down at the right hand of god that's the god who loves us that's jesus who went to the cross who for the joy set before him Enduring the scorn and shame of that cross, let me remind you that we are his joy. He had us in mind in the infinite ability of God and the in infinity that goes even beyond infinity. God knows each and every one of us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're knit together in our mother's womb. And yet God knows us perfectly, and he cares for us. He cares for us more than we will ever know. And God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? So we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way through the curtain. Remember, it was the curtain in the temple that was torn in two when Jesus died on the cross at Calvary that fr good Friday afternoon. And that most holy place was the place where only the high priest once a year could enter in and offer the blood of the scapegoat or the, the goat that was killed for the sins of the people. The scapegoat was let loose in the wilderness. But year after year, the high priest went into that most holy place and he was the only one that could enter the most holy place, and that only once a year. That most holy place was covered by a curtain. And when that curtain was torn in two, the new covenant took place. And the most holy place for God right